재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Welcome back. Our weekly People in Seoul feature aims to interface you with some of the really interesting expats that are coming to Seoul, whether they're just passing through or whether they're making their lives here and doing some cool and creative things. This week, we're talking about all things Kiwi. We are joined by Tony Garrett, who is the chairman of the New Zealand Chamber of Commerce in Korea, a.k.a. the Kiwi Chamber. He's also a business professor at Korea University. Tony, welcome. Thanks, Kurt. Good to be here again. Yeah, it's great. Um, So we're going to talk about lots of New Zealand-related things, trade and so forth. Uh, The annual uh, wine festival is rolling around, the New Zealand Wine Festival. We'll touch upon that. Let's get to know you kind of briefly first uh, you've been here how long i've been here for 10 years now in fact, 10 I, years yeah i woke up on uh, in february and realized my goodness 10 years you're a long timer you're, yeah you're, yeah you're almost past me here <laughs> uh, and you teach over at korea university business uh, trade issues or what no my, my main area is marketing I uh, when i came in i was more, more to do with new product development innovation and the role of marketing within that and of course, that was one of my reasons for coming to Korea because clearly a very innovative place, something that's very dynamic, and it was very inter- gave me a lot of interest at that time. And I work for a fantastic school, so I'm really happy. Yeah, you are in a prestigious school for sure. That's your full time gig. This this whole but, chairman of the New Zealand Chamber of Commerce sounds like it would be a full time job, but this is actually kind of your your hobby in a way, or your part time uh, well, job. Well, a hobby hobby is a probably stretching the truth <laughs> occasionally. All right, uh, but no, it's definitely uh, it's definitely not a full time job. I certainly don't. It's not a paid employment. It, does seem an occasion to become a full-time job, mm. a full-time other job. But no, it is a hobby. I think one of the big things that I always was interested in it was giving back to the community I am in. And it was giving back to the Korean community, but also as a Kiwi in Korea, giving back to the New Zealand community here in some way. Mm-hmm. And obviously being in business, working with the business community works very well for me. And I, so I've really enjoyed that. And so your main sort of task as the chairman is to... Kind of give speeches, uh, go before the cameras, press the flesh a bit. Is that, is that yeah, the main I suppose thing? it's uh, networking. Um, not so many speeches, thankfully. Um, mm. But no, it's press the, th- the flesh, but really facilitate. I have a fantastic board under me, so it's not a one-person job by any stretch of the imagination. We have um, a very strong board of around nine people representing some of the major companies from New Zealand here, but also a number of Koreans on the board who also have interests in New Zealand. So from two sides, both the New Zealand side, the Korean side, everyone that's interested, Kiwi as well. I, you probably weren't kidding when you said this is growing out of hobby territory. This is growing out of part-time territory. I mean, the trade really is increasing steadily in oh, a the big trade, way. The trade between the two countries is st- increasing a lot. You know, at the end of 2015, there was an FTA signed between Korea and New Zealand. And I think um, both sides have been getting a lot of advantages out of that. Uh, the statistics for last year, for example, for the first year of the FTA, I think for New Zealand, where our trade for Korea was up 13% by value. And for the Koreans going to New Zealand, it was up 14%. Mm. So for both sides, and actually for Koreans, it was an interesting one because actually Koreans' exports were down, but to New Zealand, they were up. So, you know, and of course, most of what you would expect from Korea going to New Zealand. And New Zealand, F&B, food and beverage, Mm -hmm. coming in here, huge. So, yeah. Yeah, I think in our role, um, the role with the Chamber is working with those companies coming into Korea, making sure that the, the networking environment, helping people 
to work with, uh, other people coming in. And, of course, a lot of the businesses coming in are not large companies. They're a lot of smaller companies. So that network is very, very important. So are you helping smaller and medium New Zealand companies deal with uh, minor culture shock when they come into Korea? Yeah, well, I think New Zealanders uh, tend to be relatively well-traveled. Most of them tend to uh, be able to adapt to the culture very well. But certainly putting them in charge in contact with people who are doing business here so that they can kind of steer them around some of the, the major issues of dealing with Korean business. Yes, providing them with like those key contact points. I think that's where we come into play. Is F&B, food and beverage, sort of the crown jewel of New Zealand trade with Korea? or It tends to be. Um, you, know, we, you think of New Zealand, you think of, obviously, you think of wine. We're going to get to the wine festival in just a bit. Lamb, yeah. uh, meats and things like that. A cheese, perhaps. Dairy, dairy, cheese, wine, meat. Um, yeah, that definitely is. New Zealand is an agriculturally based country mm. and moving increasingly into agribusiness. But beyond that, there are some other key areas that are growing. Um, we have a thriving film industry. Film? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, we... We can look at the old stereotypes of the Lord of the Rings and everything else like that. As but a film beyond, setting, yeah. But beyond that, there's a lot of uh, a lot of animated work. New Zealand is a filming destination, and okay. a lot of uh, creatives coming out from there. So we have a lot of film. We have a lot of people involved in um, the creative industries, IT industries, these types of areas. So relatively small in the grand scheme of things, but definitely doing some work and working with uh, cohorts here in Korea as well. And that partnerships are really going forward. It would be a pleasure to go to New Zealand and post-produce a, a, a film, for example, using uh, some of the talent down there. Yeah. Or, uh, I imagine there's probably a, th- a healthy but small uh, sort of technology entrepreneurship uh, in New Zealand as well. There definitely is. Um, New Zealand um, has been for a long time, you know, we're very proud of our education system down there. That's created a lot of other people with those creatives. And also I think... The uh, New Zealand environment has strongly encouraged those small entrepreneurial innovators. And we really relish young leaders and young talent coming through. In fact, about four weeks ago, there's a major foundation that really deals with Asian and the Asian community called the Asia Foundation. And a lot of young leaders came up here to actually scope out the Korean Situation, yeah, and they visited a number of companies here and enjoyed the culture here. Talked to a number of New Zealanders doing business up here with potential of expanding their own businesses up here. What is the uh, overall kind of attitude towards um, expanding into Korea? Is it a very sanguine attitude? Is it a cautious attitude? Uh, are there caveats that these businesses need to be empowered with? Uh, I don't think there's any real caveats apart from perhaps some people's psychological, so there's Mm. always a cultural, psychological barrier. But you've got to understand, um, Koreans, there's a lot of silent business between the two countries. New Zealand actually has quite a large Korean diaspora as well. So there's a lot of uh, work that's going beyond, below the the parapet, as it were. Uh, But certainly... um, there's a lot of there's a lot of encouragement, and I think that a lot of people are uh, energized by the Korean market. I think one of the problems with Korea sometimes is it is lost between China and Japan mm. uh, in terms of a relatively small community. But I think with the FTA and increasing um, actions such as people uh, such as ourselves, the Korea New Zealand Business Council within New Zealand, who are our key partners over there, we're really encouraging and promoting more work. You New Zealanders obviously haven't uh, heard Trump. You know, FTAs are terrible, <laughs> job-killing, 
worker herding deals. No, when New Zealand's always had a very strong attitude towards free trade. Mm. Um, in fact, I think New Zealand, I can't, I don't know the exact figures. I think you need to ask our embassy on this particular one. But we, we have a number of free trade agreements that have currently been ratified, but also currently under negotiation. So I don't think anyone is trying to put any more barriers up to a trade between the, us and any of the economies around the world. As a smaller player, we know we have to work with the greater world. And the only mm. way we're going to do that is through free trade. And this has been a strong philosophy since, you know, the 1980s, 1990s. Mm-hmm. Well, the, one of the flagships, I guess, of uh, New Zealand exports, of course, has to be wine. Is it the top export? or No, it's not the top export. The, th- the top export into Korea at the moment, um, I think, is dairy. But, um, dairy, okay. Yeah, and a number of uh, – certainly other F&B is coming sure. as well. But um, – Perhaps we shouldn't quote me on that sometimes, okay. but but no, but wine, is, wine is definitely up. As I mentioned, our exports into Korea are up thirteen percent. Wine is up thirty percent. We're the tenth larger importer of wine into Korea. Mm. So New Zealand and that growth is going to continue on. And so well, you'll and see a lot of duties and tariffs and things. One of the heaviest areas where that hurts is in uh, wine and uh, alcoholic beverages and things like that. Mm-hmm. So the FTA must have been a godsend in terms of the wine growth, right? Well, that was one of the first uh, major beneficiaries from the FTA. Mm-hmm. And then the tariffs on wine went down almost immediately from New Zealand into Korea. Yeah. So definitely it's been a, a major beneficiary. And we have some very great importers of our wine. Both some Korean company, New Zealand companies, working and bringing in their own wine into to Korea, but also with some of the major distributors bringing wine into Korea as well. Generally, and I think, yeah. as for consumers, we're going to see a lot more New Zealand wine, which I'm happy about. Mm. And hopefully, the price will go down a little as well. Yeah. Well, I know you don't specifically represent the wine industry, but no. um, when we look at sort of New Zealand wine in terms of kind of impression and branding, are we looking at uh, kind of top level sort of, um, I don't know, kind of a Napa, Sonoma kind of feel, or are we looking at Chile, kind of a lot of table wines kind of stuff? I, I have to admit, when I've encountered New Zealand wine, it's been on the, the higher end of things. We tend to be slightly on the higher end, partly because our price points tend to be a little bit higher. Mm. You know, a lot of our wineries are a little bit smaller, uh, so they, you know, they're not really into yeah. mass production. So quality is definitely something that they focus on a great deal. And, you know, in preparation for this interview, because as you know, I'm not a wine aficionado, I enjoy mm. wine, without question, but talking to other people and talking about the wine, New Zealand wine, and particularly a lot of New World wines, uh, we can take the, the best from other parts of the world, Europe, Chile, um, other parts of the world, bringing it into our wine, and we can work on best practice. Mm. And they're really, really focused on increasing the quality of our wine over time. So I'm very proud of the wine that we have up here. It's very fresh. When you say taking the best from the rest of the world, I, do you just mean in a sense of uh, know-how or does New Zealand r- turn around uh, grapes that are grown elsewhere? Does, no, no. Okay. In terms of know-how. Yeah. Definitely. In so all of, of the New Zealand wines, that's from grapes grown in New Zealand? I, w- I, w- I, w- I won't say categorically mm-hmm. that all New Zealand wine, but certainly the wine that we're profiling here tends to be you know, grown and produced and mixed mm. And brewed in New Zealand. Well, brewed. <laughs> vinted. <laughs> vinted. And see, there you go. I'm not a wine aficionado, as you can hear. <laughs> you just shocked all the beer people out yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, 
we'll get around to this uh, big wine festival. You have it in two different cities, Seoul and Busan, almost yep. within a couple of weeks of each other. Yep. And there's a there's a charitable kind of side to this. I mean, you donate a fair amount of the, the, the yeah. proceeds. Any, any proceeds that we make as a chamber goes to charity. Well, we support a number of charities. Um, one of our big charities is actually Songjungwan Orphanage, which is actually an orphanage for young for girls ah. and we're really really proud of that we work with the ANZ and the Hyatt actually on that particular charity and they are our key partners but they one of the reasons for working with them obviously orphans in Korea sometimes uh, uh, kind of don't have the same social kudos as other groups within the community yeah. and especially females as yeah. well. So it's a real, really proud and we, they're a fantastic group of people. I volunteer at an orphanage once a month. I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm. And especially if they have some sort of challenge, a cognitive or otherwise challenge, mm. um, they tend to find them their way into orphanages and they tend to spend almost all their life there. You know, yep. some of these so-called mm. orphans, uh, they're, you know, in their forties and fifties now. Sure. So, you know, they I don't think, and this one is very much focused on people who are at middle school, uh, you know, elementary, middle, and even preschool, to be fair. And one of our major things is actually to focus on education. We want to help educate those girls, and particularly maybe going into agribusiness, the primary industries. Oh, so cool. we, one of our biggest achievements, um, working with the embassy and, and, and ANZ, as I mentioned, was to open up a small library in their building mm-hmm. and, you know, provide educational facilities, give them the life long, you know, lifelong skills required to be successful in the, in the world. All right, let's put in a quick plug for this wine festival. It's yep. a cool event. Uh, in, like I mentioned, it, it, it's mirrored in Seoul and Busan. Um, and it's basically just sort of a, a vista, little tables of all different <clears throat> varietals and parts of New Zealand. Fun yep. place to go drink wine. Well, you know, this year we have a good theme. It's called Wine from the Other Side. You mm. know? So we want to take you on a journey to south of the equator to New Zealand. As you're right, we run it. Um, in Seoul. This is our ninth in Seoul. So we have our 10-year anniversary next mm. year. So we've really got something big planned for that one. And it's the fifth in Busan. They're slightly different in terms of the way that we run the events in Seoul. We really want to make it an early evening barbecue, outdoor, picnic, relaxed atmosphere. So it's in the garden of a major hotel here in Seoul. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and in Busan, it's in the ballroom of this one of the sister it hotels goes down deep there, into Hyundai. the night, that kind of thing. Yeah, it goes from <laughs> it goes deep into the night, and unfortunately, sometimes a little bit deeper after the night. But <laughs> okay. uh, definitely, we enjoy. And the key question is: uh, at this event, will I be able to see a haka? <laughs> definitely in Pusan, and we're working on Seoul. Really? Yeah. So. Um, the Kapahaka group, and as we all know, the Māori performances and cultural performances, but there will be entertainment. I am and it will be very New Zealand themed. In fact, yeah, I know uh, a nice New Zealand woman named Punamu who's mm. going to be playing guitar and singing there. There's always a stage where somebody's fantastic, doing something. Fantastic performance. Yeah. So, and no, a raffle. We're delighted. She's, she's, uh, she's fantastic. I mean, I, I, I've, so I asked you that question humorously. I'm surprised there is a Hakka performing group in Korea. Yeah, no, well, the, the, there is. And in fact, the, there's a Māori, a number of Māori English teachers and Māori people, people from the Māori community. They're banded together and formed a small Kapa Hakka group. Very cool. And they're fantastic. The Hakka, I mean, uh, I guess it's 
pretty widely known around the world. But it's uh, just to summarize, if uh, you're coming to this fresh, it's uh, terrifying. It's meant to be terrifying, isn't <laughs> it's, it? It's supposed to be a war dance. Yeah. It's a war dance. Yeah. And typically you'll see it before a rugby game, something like yeah. that. It's, it's one of those dances. It's a very funny dan- uh, situation. It's where people greet you with the haka to demonstrate the Māori strength. So please do not mess with us. Uh-huh. And then normally it's followed by some sign of peace. You come in peace, but please respect us. So that's kind of the, a challenge in a way to people coming on to the meeting place, wherever the meeting place happens to be. Whether it be on a rugby ground, it's more commonly done, say, on people's marae or the their, their, their meeting houses in the, in the local community. So, yeah, it's definitely as a challenge coming through. So, yeah, it can, is a terrifying thing. It's can you do one? Terrifying. Can you do it? Um, well, <laughs> I can. And I certainly learnt my school haka when you, I was in school. Every I, that's school my has question. Do, do they teach that like uh, when you're young in school? Is that sort of well, something that uh, they do? You know, hakas, there are many variations of hakas. Mm. Many schools will have a haka. Boys' schools, of course. You know, the, the haka tends to be done by boys, although some women do it as well. And there's also kapa haka, and there's a number of dances and welcoming dances done by women as well. Mm. But, uh, you know, the different schools would do the hakas, and you used to have rugby grounds or sports grounds, and on one side you have one school doing their haka, on the opposing side you have the other school doing their haka. So they were kind of yeah. to give that kind of atmosphere. When you See, this is interesting. I've only, you know, usually I've been at a rugby game where the All Blacks are one team and then yeah. whoever else, England yep. or South Africa... And then the New Zealand does their terrifying haka. Yeah. But when two New Zealand teams are facing off against each other, do you have them simultaneously hakaing at each other? It doesn't tend to be done so much within the, within a domestic sport, but you I know, see. in schools, in schools, obviously, the schoolboys. So you may have twelve hundred school kids on one side <laughs> and twelve hundred school kids on the other side doing the hikers. At one another. <laughs> it really is a, I mean, it's one of those New Zealand things. I'm trying to think of sort of what is New Zealand's halyu? Is it wine? Is it it's rugby? It's wine? I mean, what are those sort of key currencies that uh, New Zealand has for its soft power around the world? I think our soft power around the world is the fact that we are a multicultural society. Um, we are relatively small. We have an interesting heritage in the fact that we've blended the Māori community with the European communities and increasing so the Pacifica and other communities. Yes. We have a large Asian community in New Zealand as well. With that in mind, it's the same with our wine. Our wine is an interesting kind of an eclectic mix. It's kind of new flavours and new varieties and we're taking the best from other parts of the world. We're utilising our natural advantage sure. in a way in terms of the environment and in fact when you see the 25 wines that we have represented here at the wine festival and the 25 vineyards sorry you'll see a real journey from different tastes and they are some are very sophisticated some are very fresh some are very light and airy you know that's i think what new zealand is about and that's what we try to portray to the to the world it's a good chance to get yourself educated about new zealand wine i i, I tend to find that they do stronger whites that's just a personal subjective. We have, we have a, you know, traditionally we've been very strong in white, particularly mm. we're no, well, very well known for our Sauvignon Blanc. Mm. Uh, but increasingly we have other varieties coming in as well, both in terms of white, but we also have a very strong area of Pinot Noir, particularly from Central Otago and other parts of the country. If you were pitching New Zealand wine, say, over uh, your next-door neighbour and rivals, Australia, or, say, South Africa or Argentina, what would you say, as a category, New Zealand wines kind of offer? 
we're better. No. <laughs> well, that's simple. Yeah. We're better. <laughs> better. We're better. Yeah, we have to have that sh- shorten that E. Uh-huh. No, uh, we're better. No, but no, honestly, we all have our respective strengths. Australians are known for their reds, and they mm. have, of course, they have some very good whites as well, and they have really good terrazas and stuff. Ours complements Australian. And I remember as a kid, you know, we used to use New Zealand white and Australian red quite frequently. Mm-hmm. But... The, uh, but as I mentioned, New Zealand is increasingly doing a lot of really good red as well. And, um, and some of those will be showcased at this festival. But the, I think they complement one another. They have different kind of, uh, heritages and New Zealand tends to be, you know, very fresh and very light. And we, we we're very happy with it. Mm. And, if you were pitching the Korean listenership now uh, in terms of coming to visit and experience New Zealand, uh, targeting that specific sort of, uh, audience, the the feelings and the, the the mentality of Koreans. What would you reach out to them and pitch New Zealand with? I pitch New Zealand and say, you know, when you come to New Zealand, you can get a holistic experience. Mm. Uh, not only can you get the fantastic nature and the environment that we we give you, but you've got to explore the different communities. And I know that there's a real strong link with Koreans and nature and the environment, mm. which of course is very much part of the Maori uh, ethos. And uh, that connection with food and the environment and warm-heartedness and family and togetherness, I think that's a very, very key element for New Zealand. And one of the things I I suspect, I've never been to New Zealand, but from what I've read and seen that New Zealand seems to have done is to convert its uh, various assets into experiences. Mm. In other words, as soon as Lord of the Rings started to become a thing, you guys monetized it and turned it into an experience and got people in. Uh, likewise with uh, the wines and dairy and stuff, that's not just something you can go and buy. You can mm. go and experience it. Yep. And yep. I, I, I can't help but think that's a model for uh, Koreans wanting to take sort of what they've traditionally viewed as backcountry and uninteresting mm. and turn that into experience for people visiting Korea. Mm. Maybe take the spotlight off of Hallyu a little bit and say, come into the backcountry where we're making denjang and all of these things and makgeolli and whatnot and make that a showcase almost. I'm a marketing professor. You're not you're not. <laughs> I'm preaching to the <laughs> choir here, aren't yeah, exactly. I? Exactly. Right? You're preaching to the choir here. No, you're absolutely right. There's a story to be told and people want to know about the story and people traveling to a new place, they want to know about what's happening there. Mm. And, you know, people are making a big effort to go to New Zealand. New Zealand's not close. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, when people go down there, they want to experience, they've got time to want to hear the story, to hear the backstory, to hear the tradition, to hear what goes into it. And that's what we really want to to get across even at our festivals here. Mm. Marketing professor, does uh, South Korea market itself well to New Zealand, do you think, completely and holistically? Definitely now. When I, you know, 10 years ago, we've gone through a major transition. Uh, you know, I know when I first came to Korea, I didn't know much about Korea before I came up here. Mm-hmm. But uh, definitely it's becoming more popular, it's becoming well known. And even within the Korean community in New Zealand are promoting Korea as a, as a country, as a society, much better to, to, to New Zealanders. Mm. So it is becoming, a, I wouldn't say it's becoming a totally popular, popular destination, mm. but it's definitely on the list. Not just K-pop anymore. Maybe there's a broader picture, right? It's much more a broader picture. People love the cuisine. People love the culture. They're interested in the culture. Unfortunately, Korea sometimes has a few uh, 
macro issues that uh, put a slight barrier to people coming, but, you know. Yeah, well, that's part of the mm. uh, the challenge, and mm. there's always the political bumps in the road, which uh, kind of add to the dynamic nature of mm. the place. Um, the Wine Festival, just one more time, it's happening in upcoming weeks. Uh, the, give 20th, me the, the 20th of May. In Seoul. In Seoul, and the 3rd of June in Busan. And to get the specifics, where do we go? Go to kiwichamber.com. That is very short and sweet. Tony Garrett is the chairman of the New Zealand Chamber of Commerce in Korea, also teaching over at Korea University. Thank you very much for coming in today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much, Kurt. Have a good day.